We are continuing Sefer Shemuel Bet, chapter 12. And the previous piece was the, the consequences of David's sin with Bathsheba. And the main consequence was that the son that she bore died. Okay? Now we have that whole interesting thing in which David was mourning and was crying and was asking for forgiveness from God, and was asking for the life of the child. Before the child died, but then once the child died, David shook it all off, showered, got brushed up, cleaned himself up, and and then the servant said, "What's going on?" He said, "What? Like, am I able to bring him back? I'm going. I'm going to go to him. He's not going to come back to me." Very fascinating piece. Why David Hamelech would not engage in in the real mourning and and made sure to wear his king's garb after the death of the child. A couple of reasons. One is that the child was too young to be considered. Shel Kayama uh, So there, were, there was no halakhic mourning required for the child That's one opinion I think also it may have to do with the kingship That you don't want to degrade the kingship And, um, and make the kingship look like uh, it's in mourning You know, the kingship has to represent the glory of Am Yisrael Or something along those lines Okay Now Bokar Tov Now Pasuk uh, Haftalid is after David finishes the with the with this whole first child, let's see what happens. So David consoled Bathsheba, his wife. Why? Because she had just lost her son, right? So she needed consolation. And he came and he was with her again. He, he was with her, like uh, conjugally. And she gave birth to another boy. And she called his name Shalomah, and God loved this child. Meaning, unlike the first child, whom God put to death, this child was Shelkayama, the child was to survive, and God loved him. And God sent in the, na- in the hand of Natan, and called the child Yedidiyah, the beloved of God. To emphasize the fact that the child was beloved of God, meaning Shalomah had a second name called Yedidiyah, Ba'avur Adonai. Because of, and he called him Yedidiyah because of God. Now, it's a very uh, cryptic pasuk. Because it says that she called his name Shalomo. And then God sent in, with Natan. And he called him Yedidiyah. What do you mean God sent with Natan? Oh, uh, gave him a Nivua mm-hmm. to call him nivu, uh, Yedidiyah. Maybe. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's a cryptic pasuk. God sent Natan to do something. I don't know what he came to do. Okay. And someone called the child Yedidiyah because of God's love for the child. Now some of the Mepharshim say it is David who named the child Yedidiyah. And some of the Mepharshim say it is Hashem who named the child Yedidiyah. Uh, maybe we could find it in Radak. There's one opinion that says that God is the one who called the child Shilomo. And that's actually what's stated in Divrayamim. Meaning in our Pasuk, it says, We thought that would mean Bathsheba called the child Shalomo uh, because Vatikra is a, is a feminine form. Okay? Mm. Um, but if you look in Divrayamim, who's the one who does the naming Shalomo? Hashem. Okay, so already we have a machloket on who's the one who gives the name Shalomo. There are two names Shalomo Yedidiyah. Of the name Shalomo, we don't know who named. Of the name Yedidiyah, we don't know who named. Of the name Shalomo, it could be either Bathsheba or Hashem. Of the name Yedidiyah, it could be either David or Hashem. Okay? 
And then in that case, what does it mean that uh, God sent the Navi? She called his name Shalomo because God sent the Navi, saying that he's beloved of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's an opinion that says that David is the one who called the name Yedidia. Basically, there's a whole, there are all these different opinions on who's doing what name. Uh, who's involved in what name Either Hashem is doing both Or Hashem is doing one Or Hashem is doing neither But uh, it's just an uh, interesting thing And if you look in the Ibrahim It seems like Hashem is the one who gives the name Shilomo Okay but, Oh so Hashem is the one who gives the name Shilomo Yeah it's, there, there, are multi- very, there are very many different opinions On, on Shilomo's name Who's, who's involved in the naming and, and so on Let's what? not get into it it's not, I don't know any practical Names or names Significance No I'm just saying Like I don't know it's just for the sake of you knowing that there is a little bit of, uh, it's a little bit vague in this yeah. part of the text, uh, who's involved in naming Shalomo, yeah. um, just for your knowledge. But I don't know any practical difference as, okay, is it Hashem who named or David who named? I don't know what the Nafkaminah is anyway, so we'll, we'll move on, okay? Yeah. And Yoav waged war against Rabat ben Amon and he, ca- and, he, and he captured the city of the kingdom, meaning the capital city. Now, what is this going back to? The war. The war against Amon. Amon. Remember, if, if you're listening to the classes in order, it's not so long ago, but for us, since we had all these breaks, the war against Amon is the war that we started with earlier. Mm-hmm. That was like two chapters ago, before the story of David and Bathsheba. The story of Uriah, the war that he was sent out to, was the war against Amon. Mm-hmm. So now we're back to the story of the war against Ammon that was never finished earlier. Mm-hmm. And now we're pointing out that Yoav finally finished that war. Right. Now Yoav is on the verge of capturing the capital city. But Yoav sends uh, messengers to David and he says, And he said, I have done war against Rabbah, which is the main city of Ammon. And I have conquered the main city, the city of water. What the city of water means, I'm not exactly sure, but it's some. It means, uh, I guess. Here, we'll read the radak. It's the city that the king dwells in. It's called Iramayim because in that city there was water, and they did not have uh, other uh, water in other cities that the people lived in. Okay, fine. It was the main city, and it was the city that had water. In it, okay. Yeah, maybe they had like a well or something. Or maybe, something. maybe they had a deep well that people would. would build. Okay. Pasukafkay. And now Yoav tells David something very interesting. He says, Now gather the rest of the people and go against the city and capture it. Lest I am the one who conquers the city and my name will be called on it. Now this is very fascinating. Hmm. That Yoav is saying, David, you bring the people and come against the city and you do the capturing. Because you don't want the people to think that I'm the one who captured it. Now this is an interesting thing because we said one of the flaws of David in the whole story that, that led him to even sin with Bathsheba in the first place was that he didn't take the people out to war. Mm. Remember in this war originally against Ammon, 
Oh yeah, the ones like my 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 master my is Yoav. Why? Yoav. Because Yoav was the one doing the battles. Right. Yoav was the one taking the people out. David was sitting at, back at home, right? Mm-hmm. And even beforehand, we realized that why is why is David sending people out to war and he's not going out to war himself? Right. So, very very interesting thing that Yoav now has to be even concerned that people won't respect David anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe because David has been MIA so much from the wars, that people will always respect the person that does the physical fighting, right? Right. So, it's actually a credit to Yoav here that he's sensitive to that, but it may be a slight knock on David that he's gotten to a point in which, in which he's not, there, there is even potential for him to lose his uh, respect amongst the people, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So he says, come David, bring the people and you conquer the city of Rabbah, uh, lest the city be named upon, by my name. And David gathered all of the people and he went to Rabbah and he fought against it and he captured it. And he took the crown of the king from the head of the king. And its weight was a kikar of gold and it had a precious stone. But he arrosh David and it was on the head of David. And he took a lot of spoils from the city. Now regarding this crown, very, very interesting. Very strange that if you do the calculation for a kikar of gold, it comes out to like 112 pounds or something. So they say, how did David wear it? They say it wasn't actually that he wore it. It was affixed on top of his, his throne. And then it would oh. sit, you'd sit under it. That's one yeah. opinion. The other opinion is that he wore it for short periods of time. Right, whatever. Again, one another. twelve pounds on a head. Is I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I saw that number somewhere in the Mifarshim. Um, but it's very, 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 very heavy. And the Chacham would say. How would the, 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 their own king wear it? I don't know. So look. It was, it was hung on top of his head when he was sitting on the chair. How would he have been able to withstand it if the weight was a kikar of gold? It's too much. That's what mm-hmm. the Radak says, right? Yeah. Um, they have multiple opinions. They say that the stone that was on it was worth a kikar of gold. Oh. It was a very precious stone, but it wasn't that heavy, actually. Okay. But I read this, again, I don't see this as the biggest thing. There is a very fascinating discussion here in the Radak as to... If this crown was used for Abu Dazara, mm. then how was David yeah, allowed to benefit says. from it? Right? Yeah. So they say there was a goy who was mivatel Abu Dazara. There's a concept that a goy is allowed to be mivatel Abu Dazara and, and make something not be Abu Dazara anymore. So before David got it, there was a goy or a convert, or not a, not a convert, a goy who was a supporter of David. Who was Mivatel Abu Dazara, which is a possibility. Again, not, not a discussion I want to get into because it's, it's off topic from the text. Okay? Now, the final two psukim of the, of the chapter are really, really a bit strange. Okay? And they're going to describe the punishment that David brought upon the people of Ammon. If you remember, if you remember how this whole war started, the war started when David went and said, Oh, Nachash, the father. That he just died of uh, the people of Ammon. The, the older king just died, and I was very good friends with him. Let me send my messengers to his son and show him my respects. Okay, now Ammon is one of the nations that Am Yisrael is not allowed to befriend. So that was a problem because David, as we said, was 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 taking his personal into the national realm. Right, he had a personal friendship 
with a nation that we are supposed to not be friends with. And he let his personal friendship overtake the national duty that he had towards not being friendly with this nation. Anyways, the nation did not accept the people. They shaved off half their beards, remember? And then they cut off half their clothes. They cut off their clothes. And then they, they shamed David's messengers. And that's how David ended up going to war with them, with Amon, in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay? So when we opened up the story, we saw that the tensions were a little bit uh, high. And the people of Amon were willing to, to humiliate the messengers of David. So now David is seemingly going to get back at them. But I'll let you read the translation because I don't really understand. No really really knows what happens here. Uh, he took the people out of the city, out of the Rabbah. And he put them in a... It's a iron threshing board. Iron threshing board. And... Iron axes. With the iron axes. And... them to brick making. To brick making. And he brought them through the... Um, towns, towns of Amon. No, the Malben. What's the Malben? Um, oh, Malben is the brick. Is the brick making? Yeah, okay, that's what. The, this is all going according to Rashid. Oh, so sorry, sorry. And so did he do to all the cities of Amon. And after finishing up his job there, David went back to Yerushalayim. So that was a very cryptic pasuk. He he puts the people through some kind of some kind of work, okay? Now, and now, this last pasuk, I don't know how to translate it, but there are two overall opinions. One is that it's describing David's torture of the people, of the people of Ammon, that he brought them through threshing floors and he sawed, sawed them and this and that, which would be pretty gruesome. The other opinion is that of Rashi is that he didn't put them through these things. Made he them made work. them workers in these things. So like he made them the arm, the weaponry makers of the army or things like that. Um, Rashi's opinion would be a lot kinder to David. But I think, I don't know, if you just read the Peshat, it seems like he's putting them through something. It seems like he's, he's putting the people through something. Very, very strange. Um, what we take away from this chapter, other than, you know, from the end of this chapter, is that Yoav ends up finishing the war that was started with Amon. That, that's the tail end of the story of Bathsheba, David and Bathsheba, is that the war does conclude successfully. They win the war. David is the one who ends up cleaning up mm-hmm. so that to, to save face and so that the people respect him. And at the end, they, they, they get a lot of spoils from Amon, which includes the crown of the king. And they kind of put, either put the people to work or they tortured the people um, for their being evil, I guess. Right. Okay. Uh, so that's that. Next chapter is a whole new story. And this, the next story is going to be the story of Amnon and Tamar. And that's a story that's going to actually fulfill one of the prophecies of Natan. That there will be shame within David's household and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there will be bloodshed within his household. So that's a very, very interesting story as well. Baruch Adonai Amen. 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 Amen.